All right. Number four, talking about AI. This is one that Swix and I were both there to see live. This was Reactathon San Francisco a few weeks ago at this point, 2023. And it's talking about a really cool use case for a library called XState, which is a state machine library for any framework if you're building a JavaScript application. I followed it for many years, and this was a talk about adapting it to machine learning models. I skipped over all the basics of what is machine learning and how does it work, because I was assuming we have that footing. And I'm hoping I chose the right timestamp where he demos a cappuccino machine that was built with state machines. And I just thought it was really interesting. Is a graph, a directed graph specifically. Uh, everything from you know, either your relational databases, your uh, GraphQL uh, relationships, it's a graph, it's a directed graph, and even things like user flows, or my, uh, one of my favorite things to show, this is the Slack decision tree for whether Slack should send a notification or not. So whether it's implicit or explicit, everything in your application is technically a directed graph. And so I actually experimented with this idea, and I thought, how could we actually make state management intelligent? And so uh, here's the state machine for how I um, you know, actually tried to accomplish this. Um, I, uh, so basically we start, this is a state machine of course, by the way, uh, we start in the idle state and we get the state space. And so what this means is that we're traversing the application and we're determining what are all of the possible states that we could end up in and where, what are all the transitions uh, that we could lead to. Um, and so from that, uh, we're providing a prompt and we determine what is the ideal end state. So this is the small part where we're actually using OpenAI and we're asking it, hey, based on all of these possible end states that we could be in, which state best represents the goal that you know, we, we could achieve, or sorry, what, uh, what best represents the end state that you know, represents the goal the best? Uh, I'll show you the prompts, I probably butchered that. Um, but from there, we get the shortest path, which has nothing to do with AI. This is purely algorithmic. This is graph algorithms, Dijkstra's shortest path, and we traverse the path, executing each step in the path, and then we achieve that goal. So I'm gonna show a demo. Hopefully the Wi-Fi works. Uh, in my experience, this demo has worked like 90% of the time, just because that's the nature of ChatGPT. So if it doesn't work, I'm actually glad because it shows that you know I'm not doing any tricks or anything. Uh, but basically, this is an espresso machine. It's a very basic espresso machine that I made yesterday. And so uh, you could do a few things. You know, you could start it, uh, you know, grind the beans, you know, the ground. We could, you know, heat up the water. And now we're tamping the the beans, and then uh, it makes an espresso really, really quickly. And then the drink is made. And we could, you know, add a few things, or we could just restart it. So I'm going to reload this. And so that's our basic machine. Now, in this, I'm going to press Command Shift F, and I'm going to search for the word uh, cappuccino, if I could spell it right. Uh, you could barely see that, but over here it says no results found. And so this is important because uh, this app actually operates on a state machine. So this entire espresso machine, aptly called, is a state machine. And I have it over here. You can't really uh, see it that well, but you know we have all the steps here. We have idle, then you know we could grind the beans, and then uh, the other steps just show that you could add different ingredients to it, uh, but it's all a step-by-step -step process. You can't just say, oh, here's all of the ingredients, this, this, that, now you have your drink. You actually have to go through all the steps as if it were a real automated espresso machine. So what I'm gonna do is I have this agent.ts file, 
And by the way, playing around with OpenAI is really, really fun. Um, and so if you're scared to try it, like, it's actually one of the lowest learning curves. Um, actually, I would say the highest learning curve is actually figuring out the prompt. The prompt is you know, probably the biggest trial and error type of thing. Uh, but what I did was you know, I got the shortest paths. I have the prompt over here. And I'm asking ChatGPT, first I'm telling it, you are a helpful AI assistant that is good at classification and knows how to make coffee. I probably didn't need to add that. And so I say, if I want to achieve this goal, and then I include the prompt, which one of the following end states matches that goal best? Only choose one. At times, it would choose two. Uh, it would mess things up, so I had to be really precise over there. And so it basically finds uh, which one. If there is one, sometimes it will error with no key. Uh, and then I execute each step. All right, so like I said, I'm going to ask it, make me a cappuccino. And hopefully, it's going out to ChatGPT, and then it will execute the steps. Sometimes it gives funny results, so we'll see what happens here. And uh, all right, it did the espresso. It's steaming some milk. The milk is steamed. It's combining it. It added cream for some reason, but there you go. There's your creamy cappuccino. <laughs> yeah, so I... My, my brain goes all over the place with what you could actually do with something like this. I immediately think user testing in some way, because right now writing very rote, like walk through this screen and this screen and this screen and make sure the user is able to authenticate. I feel like if you could describe the states of your app, OpenAI could just go through and authenticate for you or just ask it or tell it, you are a new user. I want you to onboard to our e-commerce client, make a new account, and purchase the bike shoes or something. And it would just, you know, go through the state machine that describes your app and it would just kind of be done. I don't know. I, I don't know if you've played with OpenAI as like a JavaScript API before, but it feels like it's something you could hotwire in as like a testing tool or a backend tool. I've been responding to you, but you haven't heard a single word because I... <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Oh. No, 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 because I, I was muted. I was, it's, it's fine, it's fine. Um, so yes, two projects like this exist already. So you can pull it up on screen if you want. Uh, one is Redux GPT. Yes, I was going <laughs> to mention that one. That's, that's the first one that I saw a while back. And then even further back than that one is backend is all you need for GPT. Yeah. It's fucking terrible, horrible names, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally doable, probably impractical, but... Kind of a fun science fair project. Yeah, the Redux one was very science fairy because, uh, I mean, it, it it gets you it gets your brain thinking on do you need a backend service or can AI serve as a backend in some way? Strapping it onto Redux is a very specific thing. Trying to force a million prompts into it to make it return JSON just feels like the opposite of what ChatGPT is supposed to be for. But I don't know. I, I have thought about, you know, OpenAI as a... Because doesn't the plugin ecosystem also let you reach out to actual APIs, like using it as a Shopify client? Yeah, it does. Um, using the Open API spec, uh, which is mm. very confusing. Uh, so it's OpenAI using OpenAPI. Um, okay. And uh, it, yeah, I, I, I recommend everyone build a ChatGPT plugin for yourself. Uh, it's it's accessible now if you just pay the twenty bucks for ChatGPT plus, and then also oh, realize really? why. Nice. Yeah, it's a it's a, and you can go through the docs. The docs are public, and develop your own ChatGPT plugin. Um, I have on my site 
or my AI notes GitHub repo. Uh, some starter templates you can use to spin one up fairly quickly. Like you can get a very minimal viable ChatGPT plugin done in like five, 10 minutes. Uh, it's not that hard mm. at all. Um, and then figure out why it's interesting, but also why it's not quite there yet in terms of product market fit. Uh, Sam Altman today released uh, an interview with Human Loop where he was like, yeah, the reason we're not investing in more ChatGPT plugins is actually they've been kind of disappointing. Um, most people just use the browsing plugin and that's it. They don't okay. really use the 100 other plugins that have been uh, developed for by other people. Interesting. Because I wouldn't know how to apply it, really. Anyone who's just doing it as a layperson is just going to open API, public website, tapping stuff in. Yeah. Open AI, you mean? Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah. Dang it. Oh, I'm already uh, going to mess them up. Oh. I know. It's, but open yeah, API is separate. Sucks. Yeah, it's totally yeah, separate. Yeah, open, open API used to be called Swagger. Uh, it used to be a spec for or schema for uh, for REST APIs. Oh, and then they renamed themselves to Open API. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Swagger is now Open API. And yeah, it's it, the, the, the the names are just way too similar. Uh, I'm sorry. Way too <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I, I think this is... This is fun. Uh, also, I feel like it's not the end state of things. Um, what is mm -hmm. more interesting is browser automation. So if you look at like Embra or Adept or um, Multi-On, these are some of the example browser agents that are they're automating um, all, all websites. So um, I would probably be more interested in that than um, you know, sticking it or using it to write x-state stuff. Um, but I think, I think every, every tool can be augmented by this for sure. Yeah. The only reason I was fascinated is does describing your app as like an actual set of states, does that make it easier for open AI to reason about how your app is used so we can do these sorts of things or does it just yeah. not matter? Um, it, it does help. Yeah. It, it just does hallucinate things like sometimes like, like, um, David is saying. Uh, so one of the things I'm actually working on at Small AI is that um, I want to basically let you define a JSON schema, and it only returns results that fit that mm. schema. Um, and I think that would be a, a big help. Gotcha. Oh wait, a schema for for what? Anything that you want. Like so, one one of the problems that he he mentioned was that. Sometimes it, it doesn't follow the, those instructions and he had to like wrangle the prompts a little bit, right? Um, yep. So this would help uh, fix that issue. Yeah, that makes sense. There was also a video from Fireship that I feel like I should have grabbed at this point. He's been doing a ton of AI stuff, but yeah. he did one that was mostly just about programmers writing their own mini language as sort of an abstraction over a prompting language to mm -hmm. just say, or he was using it to build a React app and just writing very basic notes of uh, it, like almost representing React trees as, but he was reinventing YAML, but <laughs> representing React trees as kind of like a scrap notes of here's where it goes, here's the pseudocode of this is a to-do app and the state wires up here and it's able to turn that into actual JavaScript. So that yeah. feels kind of similar to that. It's one abstraction above where it's more rigid than just a plain text field, but there's still a lot of freedom. Yep. That's mostly it. Gotcha. We'll see it. Yeah. Well, I didn't really have much else about this one. Do you have any 
Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I think more about uh, it. So what, one of the things that uh, is a learning curve issue for X state is um, the, the state charts spec, right? It, yes. it is a yes. bit of a learning curve. Yes, um, it is. And so what I'm hoping and what I'm pretty sure is coming down the pipe for David is a natural language to state charts. Um, mm. And so, I, yeah, I can see that coming down the line. And actually, you know, that broadens the, the overall discussion into um, what I've been calling let a thousand DSLs boom, right? Like we all mm. understand that DSLs, when they're designed for the specific domain that they're in, actually do much better at the task that yes. they're supposed to do. Right. Uh, the problem with DSLs is that you have to learn the DSLs. And, and, but now you don't have to if you can teach a language model your DSL and then people can just talk to the language model to create the DSL that they want, right? Mm. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of like charting, DSLs that, you know, I would love to make more charts. I just don't because I don't know how to, I, I have to learn them, but now I don't have to, right? Um, so I, and now I create charts all the time using Graphviz and I've never learned a, a single line of Graphviz. I just asked GPT-4 to make Graphviz charts for me and it just does the thing. <laughs> right? Yeah, I heard that for the R language too that, you know, yeah. statisticians use. There's a whole other podcast. Um, what was it? Not so, Not so Standard Deviations. That's the one. Yeah. With um, yeah. Hillary and Roger, um, you know, they, they, they're just like a really interesting dynamic. Hillary herself just pivoted to an AI thing, whereas Roger is a little bit more uh, curmudgeonly. Let's, let's just say that. Um, yeah. It's, it's I a like really their cool dynamic. It's, it's good yeah. dynamic. Yeah. And so I, I can't believe they're not dating because like <laughs> <laughs> the, the vibe is like, they're so compatible, uh, but I think they're just really good. <laughs> it's cool. I like, uh, I like Are you um, shipping them? Yeah. That's I am shipping them. I'm like, yeah. wow they like they really get along i'm like this is weird yeah it's not it. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah but i totally feel it with r because i tried to learn it in college or was forced to learn it and everything just falls out of your brain when you learn all of the little programming features to make the graph appear you just copy a bunch of snippets into a notebook and move on but it feels like the first yeah the first like basic programming language that it's not basic at all, but the first programming mm. language, it's like, it's focused on a specific domain and you're just trying to get a diagram up. So you have like a strong use case in mind that you can even represent visually and translating those thoughts into R like versus translating it into some JavaScript library for graphics. It would probably be mm -hmm. way easier to funnel it through R because it has the APIs that are just to get you that one thing. So I don't know if you call it a DSL, it's a language. But it's a language. It's, it's, yeah. It's somewhere, yeah. It's a focused language. So it's still yeah. on that line of, you know, DSLs, focused languages, that it's something AI can gobble up way better. So I, yeah. sh I should actually try for that. Yeah.